0: Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com.
1: My name is Bill Gibson, and this is my wife, Ann Marie, and we've been coming to Liquid Church since Valentine's Day. You know, one of the things we've really enjoyed is the fact that our whole family has an experience here at the church. We're really thankful that we've been able to find a home here at Liquid, I think it, you kind of expect that that might take some time, especially with so many different ages represented. Our kids are, are 12 and 10 and 9 and 7 and just about one. And, and then of course the two of us, a lot of different needs and a lot of different um, stages along the way in our, in our spiritual walk. Liquid Kids has been invaluable because we feel that we can leave our kids in a safe place, in a place where they're nurtured, but where they're really challenged to think about their own walk with Jesus and what it means to know the Lord. When they hear the gospel and when they see it modeled in their teachers and when we then can see the inner workings of Liquid Church uh, in places like Liquid Kids and when we can see kind of how things happen in the background, it's amazing how God is at work. and how he's really bringing a lot of lessons together for our family. It's just been a really incredible experience for us.
2: All right, I want to welcome you to Liquid, especially uh, if you're with family or you're part of a family. My guess is if you're human, you are part of a family. That's what we're celebrating this weekend. Uh, I'm Pastor Tim, and if you're a parent, maybe you have newborns. I saw a few of you, 5, 10-year-olds, or or maybe you work with our teens. Uh, You're a student leader or volunteer. Or maybe you're 47 years old and people say you act like a kid. I'm glad you're here. There's something for you. And as you just heard from Bill and Anne-Marie Gibson, it's kind of an exciting time in the life of Liquid Church. Our family is growing in a lot of ways. Uh, over the last year, we've had a bit of a baby boom at Liquid. Over three dozen families have given birth in the last 12 months. Uh, yeah, craziness. Let's hear it for the, the diaper changers among us. That's all right. So our nursery, our pre-K, full of infants and toddlers. Uh, just above that, our Liquid Kids program, that's kindergarten through uh, age five, has kind of blown up in a good way since the start of the year. Our kids' population has increased by 30%. Okay, That's in nine months, 30% growth. So imagine like your family, you had three kids, and now you have six. Boom. Uh, exciting times, nerve-wracking times, uh, too. Pastor Rich, who oversees our family ministries, popped into my uh, office the other day. He said, "Dude, I, I hope you're ready for this. Uh, this fall, in grade six alone, we have over 40 kids making the leap into middle school. So surge is surging. It's a big That's exciting. A little bit of nerve-wracking. Very, very exciting. Uh, it's nerve-wracking if you're a parent. I'll be honest. My wife Colleen and I have two children. Uh, my daughter Chase is eight. Della is six. You may have heard of them." Uh, And on Thursday, this past week, they went to see their their new classrooms. Uh, Chase is entering third grade, and Dell's going into first. So this fall is the first time that we'll have both our kids together in school full time. And I said to my wife, I said, well, what are you going to do with all that free time? Uh, And I immediately, she gave me a look that said that was the dumbest question you've ever asked. Um, We're excited, but also a little nervous as Chase and Dell walked into their classroom. You know, Chase saw her name on the bulletin board there, and Dell saw his new desk. And and as I surveyed the other mommies and dads, I couldn't tell. I was like, who's more nervous? Is it the kids or is it the parents? The answer is probably the teachers. Uh, Well... Today, at Fall Family Day, I want to give you a sense of our approach to handling this growth that God's giving us and paint for you a picture of our approach to family ministry for all ages. And to do that, I decided to use something that's very close to my kids' hearts, gumballs. Did you get these on your way in? Did everyone get some gumballs? Hold them up. Hold them up if you still have them. How many of you still have them? How many of you already ate them? <laughs> that's how you know if you're a kid or not. Delayed gratification out the window. Uh, A lot of orange gumballs out there, and these are these are the big kind that my kids love. The reason for that is the blockbuster store in our town. God bless their movie hearts. Put right by the exit, one of those big spiral gumball machines. Have you ever seen that? They put it perfectly at the eye level of a five-year-old. So every time we go in and get a movie, and walking out, you know, it's like, can I have a quarter? And you put the quarter in, and the gumball comes down, and it spirals all the way down. It's always a contest to see what flavor you get. What's your favorite gumball flavor? Uh, My daughter loves to get blue, blueberry, can I have blueberry? Uh, My little boy's favorite is orange. So is his mama's. And he always wants the orange one. And if he gets white, it's the worst thing in the world. It's like, what flavor is white? I don't even know what that is. So we decided to share our favorite with you today. You can go ahead, pop a gumball in your mouth. It's not rude. You can chew in church. But this color orange really is more significant than you realize. I mean, when you think about it, it's the fall. Orange leaves, pumpkins, basketball, all of that. But in some ways, this orange color really symbolizes our approach to family ministry at Liquid. Let, let me begin with just a couple of core beliefs that we hold about kids at Liquid. We really do believe that nothing is more important in a child's life than their relationship with God. If you're taking notes, we've listed that in there uh, for you. It doesn't matter what age kids you have, or even if you don't have kids, maybe you're an aunt or an uncle, if you have a kid in your life, in the long run, over the course of the next 20 years, guess what? It will not matter if they go to the right school. It will not matter if they graduate with the right diploma. It will not matter if they get the right job, or even necessarily if they marry the right person. If 100 years from today, none of that will matter if they're not right with God. That's the driving conviction that guides us, that nothing's more important in a kid's life than their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so for just a few years, our driving passion and responsibility is to introduce them to the love of their Heavenly Father in such a compelling way. We don't, we don't just babysit. Our goal is to lodge an anchor in the heart, mind, and soul of a child from which they will hopefully never recover. In these few precious years we have to influence them, our goal is that they grow, they mature into healthy adults who come to see the world. They filter everything through Christ's love for them and others. Well 100 years from today, that's a guarantee, your child's relationship with God will be the only thing that matters. And that's a sobering thought because the average church has only about 40 hours a year with your child to guide them spiritually and build that relationship. Think of it this way. Let me take a yellow gumball. I think that's probably a good symbol for the church because the church is all about spreading the light of the gospel. That's our role in society as a church. We want to shine a light on Jesus Christ. We want to illuminate him for the next generation. If yellow is the church, we only have about 40... gumballs or 40 hours a year to explain and communicate to kids what it's like to have a life-giving relationship with god now to put that in context if the church has 40 hours with the average child that same kid will spend 400 hours studying math this year they will spend 500 hours playing video games if he's an average fourth grade boy if it's eighth grade it's grand theft auto three thousand hours it raises the bar a bit on the yellow gumball, don't it? <laughs> it makes that critical hour on Sunday count just a little bit more for eternity. And I'm not trying to scare or intimidate anyone. I'm a parent myself. How many parents do we have with us today? Parents, wave your hand. Okay, good to see you. Glad, you Like you, I, I honestly did. I didn't take a class in college on parenting. Did you take that? No. It just kind of happened. And honestly, when Chase was born, I feel completely inadequate and unprepared. I knew things were changing the day I walked into a meeting uh, with some other guys and after three nights of like, you know, no sleep and colic, I was like, guys, uh, just excuse me, I got to go potty. You know, why walked, walk, they like, what is your time? The only thing I knew how to do at first was use the same tools on my kids that my parents used on me, even though they didn't work. You're desperate and it's what parents do. I remember when we uh, first ventured out in public to a restaurant with both kids and that was huge, you know, and my, yes. My little boy took his straw and he wadded up the napkin and ping, started shooting wads through it and that's funny at first, right? That's funny. Twenty second time, not so much. And I said, "Dell, just 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 stop." ping, you know, dude, stop. I'm serious. Pa-ting. son, I want you to stop now. Pa-ting. don't make me count. And he's shooting, Bing, Bing, Bing. It's off the window glass in some lady's hair. And you know that little wire in your head right here that just gets like trip. Bing. I said something that I know now in retrospect is not exactly in the manual I leaned over and said to my uh, three-year-old little boy I said son if you do that again I am taking you out and uh, and he looked at me he said where daddy where are we going where are we going out and then he uh, reached into his glass sucked milk through a strong across the table and I looked at my wife and you know what she said Tim take him out you know, it was kind of that moment. No one feels prepared for parenting. And I, I remember thinking, I'm not ready for this. Maybe you're thinking that. I don't know how to do this. Maybe you can relate. And so a lot of our early parenting, honestly, was just reactive. It was like, you know, do this, stop doing that. And we had nothing resembling a proactive plan to actually spiritually develop our kids. If they didn't pull the fire alarm at Sunday school, that was a win, okay? That's just Normal most parents have no strategy to develop their kids spiritually they just kind of lack the tools and they get reactive like we did and take it as it comes and you hope for the best which is why we hold the second core belief that every parent needs a church that will help them be spiritual leaders each of us needs someone to come alongside us and show them how to do this and if the church doesn't it's like who will you're going to leave it up to school or just the culture I spend a lot of time with young moms and dads in our church. People are thinking about that. And I have never met a parent who comes out of the delivery room cradling their newborn child in their arms saying, oh, I can't wait to screw his life up over the next 15 years. It's going to be Every parent, whether or not they're a Christian, innately desires their child to grow, blossom, and, and, and mature into a responsible, loving adult. Everybody wants that. But many parents, truth be told, have no idea how to get there. Uh, spiritual leadership is, is very simple. It's defined as assuming the primary role to help kids advance in their spiritual growth. That's how Reggie Joyner defines it. I want to make sure I give him credit for this concept. See, a lot of people assume spiritual leadership is the role of the yellow gumball, the church. I mean, that's why we, that's why we have liquid kids, isn't it? Surge, flood. We tell te- you, know, you tell kids about Jesus, and that's true. We do as a church, but We only have, what, 40 hours, 40 chances every year with your child to make an imprint. Do you know how many you have as an adult, as a parent? Try 3,000. That's the comparison. Every family has 3,000 hours. That's minus sleeping, minus school. That's what every parent has. And you see the contrast. If yellow represents the light of the church. And let, let's, say, let's say red represents the, 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 the love of the home. It's, it's the heart of the family. 3,000 hours versus 40 for the church. This is what families in paradise When red and yellow compete, it's no contest, which is why our third core belief isn't a concession, but a matter of fact. No one has the potential to influence a child's life, their relationship with God, more than parents, the adults in their lives. Families and friends outside the church have more power to influence the heart of a child by sheer time alone. And that's natural too. In fact, the Bible goes to great lengths to kind of paint this holistic picture of how parents are to invest those precious hours with their children to guide them spiritually. In the book of Deuteronomy, this is in the Old Testament, Moses, this great spiritual leader over the nation of Israel, he's dying, okay? And he's finished leading this nation, he's kind of raised them, you know, from birth out of Egypt, they've wandered around this desert for 40 years, that's called adolescence, and they're about to enter the promised land. But Moses won't make it across, God's going to call him home. So before he goes, he calls all these Hebrew families together and he gives them his farewell speech. He gives them this guideline for how they're going to reach the next generation with Adam, And he says to all these parents with all their little kids, never forget the main thing. The whole point of life is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your what? Your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then Moses gives them this instruction for transferring the faith to the generations to come. He says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. And bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your what? To your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. And you see what he's doing here? He's painting this like holistic picture for transferring spiritual faith to the next generation. He's like it can't, it can't just be about one hour on Sunday. Or even 40 hours. I mean, the Israelites oriented much of their life around God. They spent time at the temple a lot more than 40 hours a year. It was a way of life for them. And for thousands of years, parents understood that leveraging their time at home together as a family was crucial to the process. Their family was an extended family. Aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. God has to be read too, he was saying. I want you to to talk about God and have spiritual conversations. When? When you sit together at home as a family when you walk along the road, you're driving the car, when you lie down, when you get up, which is a beautiful picture, isn't it? Of this holistic parenting that honestly, you know how that this this beautiful picture Moses paints makes me feel as a parent? Completely guilty. Which is just being honest. Because I look at this comprehensive vision for spiritually developing kids in the Bible, and then I think about my own home life where half the time, honestly, I'm either like disciplining or just reacting to what my kids are doing or trying to ignore or overlook stuff or just keep up with their school or sports or carpooling and I can't even keep up with that. And then in the quiet moments, I think, for heaven's sakes, I'm a pastor. I should be reading the Bible with them. I should be giving them money for memorizing verses like my dad did with me. And then somewhere in the middle of the week, my wife's cleaning out her purse and we find like a crumpled liquid kids program in the bottom of her purse and we haven't even followed up on that thing or we don't even know what the kids are learning. And, and we're supposed to reinforce stuff and we just go, ah, oh. code red, we are failing at home. We're not spiritual leaders. We're just trying to keep our head above water. But most of the time we feel like we're falling short. If that's you, you identify with that as a parent. I just want to encourage you to, to actually take hope. You truly are making more of a difference even than you realize right now. Just your day-to-day presence is so formational. I remember growing up, my dad and I were were pretty tight, and uh, he was a great man, still is. He was a grandfather now to my kids, and uh, he and my mom were spiritual leaders. They, they did take us to church, and I remember my mom had this, uh, it's the Bible for little eyes, and it was all pictures, and I remember looking through that whole thing, and, and when I got an allowance, my dad, I remember him giving to me all in dimes, and then he, and I was like, why in dimes? Why not the bill? And they would take me to church, and he'd say, you have to give one back to God. I was like, what? Tithing. And, uh, you know, he was a spiritual leader, I put one in the offering, I was like, welcome to church, and uh, we did memory verses in Sunday school and stuff, and I'm grateful for all that, but you know what? I remember more, far and above anything else that my parents did spiritually in that church bucket. I remember playing catch with my dad. We shared a passion for baseball. And he worked for 31 years at Prudential. And he would come home dragging, dead tired after work, and I'd come ripping out of the house with my glove and his glove. Can we play catch, Dad? And somehow he always mustered the energy, help me, Jesus, to say yes. And we did that. We did that for years. We, we, didn't, we didn't talk a ton as we threw the ball back and forth, back and forth. But I think something profound happened in those long hours. Because hour after hour, day after day, week after week, we stood in the middle of 41 Northview Terrace. We tossed that ball back and forth, back and forth. And every once in a while, we would talk about, well, there's this kid who's picking on me at school, Dad. Yeah, I dealt with bullies. What'd you do? Well, there's this girl I'm interested in. Well, what'd you say to her? And he'd ask what I was learning and what I was doing at youth group. And hours passed, year after year, 10 gumballs, 100 gumballs, 1,000 and 3,000, 3,000 the next year, 3,000 the next year. And I didn't know it at the time, but my parents were spiritually leading me. Don't miss this. It's foundational. How we come to view God as an adult is directly linked to the color red the spiritual influence or lack thereof of adults in our life. Hour after hour, year after year, they say something passes between a a child and their their parent that impacts them for eternity. So whether you are a single parent, or you're, you're, you're divorced, or you're just an aunt or an uncle, you don't have kids, it doesn't matter. God has ordained the role of the family to be the primary spiritual influence in a child's life. My dad and I actually don't have a lot in common as adults. He is pretty uh reserved i get emotional at times he's quiet i talk too much (laughs) he's thrifty i'm kind of a spender all right but something happened between us and when i left for college because my dad took an interest in me actually engaged took an interest in my spiritual development when it came time for me to make a decision myself about whether or not to trust this god who calls himself father was this father really fair Was he really faithful? Was he really loving? Was he forgiving? It wasn't a stretch for me like it is for some people. I was blessed. Not everybody is, and I understand that. But all that time, I'd been watching and absorbing the impact of red in my life, and I thought, if my earthly father was like that, how much more is my heavenly father? That's the power of red. If if one dad who hasn't been praying with his 10-year-old daughter starts praying with her at night, it's power. If one mom who has not connected with her teenage son actually convinces with him, him through time and hours that she can be trusted. If one family who rarely discusses spiritual issues starts actually talking about God over dinner, even occasionally, if anything changes in the rhythm of the home that everyone remind, is reminded that God's telling a story through our family as dysfunctional as it is, it is more impacting than any parent or church leader can imagine. Do you know what is more powerful than the love of the family or even the light of the church? The combined power of. Owenge. Let me take you back to your childhood. Do you remember finger painting? Who remembers art class in kindergarten my art teacher mr. Miller I remember the day he came in and taught us about primary colors that's what red and yellow are primary colors and he said I want to show you something magic children behold <laughs> and he started painting on the paper there and this magical moment occurred when we were like two different colors put them together they become one thing new orange that's what happens when red and yellow combine their efforts. See, if you, if you, only, paint, if you only paint in red, which some, some of you do, I get, you only get what red can do. That's the influence of family alone, and there are a lot of parents going it alone. If you paint only with yellow, you only get what yellow can do. Well, I'll just trust the church. They can do their thing. The modest efforts of the church alone. But when you put red and yellow together, combine the power of 3,000 plus 40 hours of spiritual influence, you get something electric something vibrant, something entirely new, you get the power of orange in a child's life. Orange is a secondary color. It's only possible when you combine two influences. And orange is what happens when the church intentionally partners with the family to spiritually influence our kids for eternity. In a lot of ways, orange is a symbol of our family ministry philosophy at Liquid. We really believe that when the church... Our job is really actually to partner with parents and together create something in the life for our kids neither of us can do just on our own. When church and family intentionally partner to make the light of Christ combined with the love and warmth of the home, something special happens. Just ask Gina Porter, who moved here from Texas with her three kids in tow and has become one of our Owens leaders at Liquid Kids.
0: Hi, my name is Gina Porter and um, I am the preschool curriculum writer for Liquid Kids here at Morristown. Um, I have three kids in the program, Mason, Mackenzie, and Molly, and we moved here with my husband was transferred about a year and a half ago from Texas. After moving here, um, we found Liquid and started coming to Liquid as a family and really loved where we were, and after about a year I knew it was time for me to start serving and getting my kids more involved in Liquid Kids. I knew that I didn't want to give up my Sundays with my family, so I spoke to Carrie about opportunities and ways that I could serve. She emailed me with the idea of writing the curriculum um, for the preschool. That was a great thing for me to do. I thought that was a perfect opportunity for me to work and support Liquid Kids at home during the week, but still go to church on Sunday, check my kids in like every other family, in service with my husband and really be a family. I really wanted to reserve Sundays for my family. Serving in Liquid Kids is my faith in action. Um, I'm a part of God's church and I believe in the partnership between church and family. And as a parent, serving helps me to connect with other families. It helps me know what my kids are learning each Sunday. I know that church is not the only place that my kids need to learn about God. My most important responsibility as a parent, is teaching my kids about God and God's love for them, shepherding them through their childhood. I also love the resources that Liquid Kids provides me each week through the take-home materials that they receive and the emails that I get. I want to support other families as they shepherd their kids and teach their kids about God um, and the values from the Bible. But I also so value the support that I get as a parent as I bring my kids up to love God and know that God loves them.
2: Can we hear it for all of the volunteers who work with our kids and students? They're amazing amazing people. Many of you are here. Thank you for your investment. The point is simple. When the love of the families partners with the light of the church, you get the power of orange. And that's our vision for family ministry at Liquid, to intentionally reach out and partner with every family in our community and leverage our combined efforts to make an indelible spiritual imprint on our kids' this fall. I really do believe that we can accomplish something together that neither of us could ever achieve on our own. Now, what does that like look like, practically speaking? Because you're like, I just like the gumball. Like any partnership, there are two sides to the equation, okay? Both red and yellow have to have some skin in the game. And so this fall, we're going to provide four key things to parents and ask for a few back from you. And the first is this. We want you to know exactly what we're teaching your child. For some parents, that's always a guessing game. Have you ever had this? Uh, you get in the car after church and you say, so uh, what would you talk about at, uh, at uh, church today? And the kid's answer is always, God. Well, what's specifically about God? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> what about Jesus? Stuff. Uh, You know, we want to take the guesswork out of your parenting and basically paint what we're going to teach your kids in blazing orange so you can't miss it. So beginning this fall, for every kid up through grade five, we're actually providing take-home discussion starters. So if you don't know this, by the way, just each Sunday, we focus on exploring a biblical virtue or a character quality we draw directly out of scripture. So for this instance, uh, I think it's September, we're teaching the biblical value of respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. What we told kids is it's just simply showing others they're important by what they say and do. And so every preschool kid gets a map book that looks like this. You see this kind of thing? You've probably seen these are the ones that get stuffed in the bag. And every elementary kid gets a discussion starter to take home that looks like this. And this is for you to use, parents, to jumpstart actually a dialogue with your kids about what they're learning. You'll notice there's a very simple prompt you can actually ask on the ride home from church. You can say, so I hear you're learning about, uh, let's see, respect. What's that? it's got a little three- to five-minute little game there that reinforces like the lesson they're learning. And you'll see, it's got prompts you can use as conversation starters throughout the week to extend the learning so it's more than just this one little forgotten hour on Sunday. And it's not complicated. you know why? Because we understand family life is, especially when the school year starts. So we've made this very simple to use to fit your everyday routine. For instance, you stick this on the fridge and you discuss it over breakfast or uh, what do you, how do you say it, when the kids get up. Or when you're driving to soccer or basketball, how are we going to show respect for the other team? Before you tuck the little buggers into bed at night, let's pray about showing respect to your brother or sister tomorrow. And this idea is not new, guys. This isn't rocket science. This is a contemporary application of Moses' ancient mandate of how to spiritually develop kids. What did Moses say about God's commands? He said, teach them to your children, talking about them when you what? Sit at home, that's over dinner. When you walk along the road... That's in the minivan. When you lie down, that's before you go to bed, and when you get up. Before you head out to school, talk with them. Those moments may seem insignificant, but when you intentionally leverage what kids are learning in church and reinforce and apply it at home, you get something magic. You get the power of orange. The kids hear it in stereo from the two primary sources of influence in their life, and that's significant. What we found is that when adults become spiritual leaders they learn to ask three questions about their kids and the first is this where can i leverage god moments in our daily routine that's really the heart of the vision that moses gives the israelites for developing holistic faith in their kids he's like this is not about feeling guilty it's actually about raising your hand and saying i'm not a super parent no one is you can't do it alone that's the magic of orange When you take the combined power of concentrated spiritual learning at church and actually leverage that in your daily routine, you'll be shocked at what happens. Because the dialogue opens up with your kid about God stuff. And it doesn't seem forced because it actually builds on the foundation we're laying through our kids' ministry. So we're going to give you some ammo this fall for you to leverage these God moments in your daily routine. But it's going to be up to you to find out where to use them and how it best fits in your family. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to provide your child with a consistent small group leader every week this fall, school starts now. I want you to imagine what would happen if you're, you're, you take your kids to school and they announce, We got a new strategy this year. Your child will have a different teacher every day of the week. How's that going to go for them? You talk about a mixed message, a sub gets killed, right? There's something powerful about having the consistent voice of a spiritually mature adult in your child's life on a weekly basis. And that's the second question that adults ask who are spiritual leaders. They say, Who do I want? To have a consistent voice in my child's life. We want you to know about the adult leaders in our church who are having spiritual influence in your child's life. So, for every parent who is, or every kid who's participating in a small group this year, we've produced our own set of baseball cards. (laughs) with information about their adult leader. It's going to include their picture, so you can recognize them on Sunday, actually get to know them. They'll have some contact info. You can email them or, or you know, questions or talk about your kid or whatever. We will include their height and their weight. No, not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, some of our adult leaders just got very nervous. We're like, what? That, the point is to make the connection so you can tag team together because the idea is to bring red and yellow together and do something that only orange can do. And this is critical parents because this is going to shock you. This is going to shock you. While you exert the primary voice right now in your kid's life, there will come a moment, (laughs) believe it or not, when they will tune you out and begin looking for cues from other adult voices in their life. Let's say you've got a 13-year-old boy on the verge of puberty. Just let that sit out there for a minute. I was actually talking with a dad uh, at Liquid who has kind of a cool tradition. He's got three boys, and when one of his boys was hitting puberty, he took him on a camping trip just father and, and son out in the woods together. It's kind of like a rite of passage. He's like, I was like, what do you do out there? You're going to like circumcise him? I'm like, what are you doing out there? And he's like, no. Ow. I don't know. Come on. He goes, but I, he goes, I did talk with him about girls and sex and, and stuff and like that. that. That's powerful. I was like, man, that is, a, that is a go dad, man. That's the power of red right there. He is hitting it head on, bull by the horns. But I said, well, how did it go? He said, well, that's the thing. My son, he didn't like even make eye contact. He goes, dad, I don't want to talk about it. He, but he goes, I did it anyway. But when he hit 14 and he started feeling the pressures of girls at school and all of a sudden sex and moral decisions came into play, guess who he came to to talk about it? Some of you are like, oh, that's so great. He went back to his dad. No way. (laughs) He actually went to a small group leader. What if you knew your son or daughter had a relationship with a trusted adult who was in their 20s, that maybe they, your son or daughter looked up to, and more than that, you knew that adult, could be counted on to give them sound scriptural guidance, not just their opinion, but actually echo your words and give them timely biblical direction because that leader loved Jesus and loved your son or daughter too. And just maybe your son or daughter could hear it from their voice and hear it in stereo what was really given from your voice. Folks, that's the power of orange. That's the difference some of you leaders are making. When the church and the family come together and combine their voices, your kids get it in stereo. And that's why we're giving every parent this this small group leader baseball card. And when you get this thing in the mail, put that up on your fridge. Get to know the adult leader in your child's life so you can make a combined impact together. If you have questions, contact them. All their info is going to be at your fingertips. That's our vision. That's what we're going to give you. In return, we're asking you to do two things. This fall, we're asking every family to pick a service time and stick with it for the school year. It could be 9.30, could be 11.30, doesn't matter. But in order to deliver on the consistency required for your kid, we're asking you to come to the same service each Sunday this fall. Does this make sense? The idea is we want to team your student up with a consistent adult leader instead of cycling more random people through their life. The second thing, we're asking every parent to go home today and fill out a five-minute online matching survey. We want your kid to match well with our small group leaders and other kids. So we want you to go to liquidchurch.com, just go to our website, and you're going to find a five-minute matching survey about your child that will help match them to our ministry. And that's what we're asking for you. See, yellow provides tools. But red, you've got to use them. Okay, and I'm talking to myself here. Okay, I'm a parent. I'm like, I talked to Colin, I was like, we've got to do this survey online because, you know what, I want my kids exposed to adults who match their passions and their interests, their strengths, and their weaknesses. The final question that we think every adult should ask who wants to become a spiritual leader for their kids is how can I help my child take the next step spiritually? Uh, This past spring, personal level, I experienced one of those magic magic moments that only an orange approach to spiritual development can provide. Um, My daughter Chase, my little girl, she of the blueberry gumball... (laughs) made a decision. One night, uh, my wife was putting her to bed and just having some of that, that, uh, that red snuggle time with Mommy. And, uh, and Chase, Chase brought up the topic of heaven. And She said, you know, I really want to go to heaven when I die. And that typically sends off little alarm bells in a parent's mind. <laughs> well, why are you thinking about that? And, and, and she said, oh, I, I'm thinking that Mr. John made me think of it. That's the name of her liquid kids mentor, Mr. John. And I guess they were talking about heaven that day. And Chase, who was, who was uh, seven at the time, she started talking about how she wanted to go to heaven for two reasons. One, she said, is because I think Jesus is there, and two, I don't think my little brother will be. And I said, hey, we we have a different day in a minute. We had a different conversation about that. But that was the night that Chase actually decided to forever settle the question of where she would spend eternity. And when my wife asked her, well, how do you think you get to heaven? We expected her to say, oh, by being a good girl. You know, most kids think that, but she didn't say that. She said, well, well seriously she said my dell's not perfect but i'm not either and that's why jesus died on the cross for me to forgive my sins and live in my heart and so my wife called me into the room and and i start you know i I'm, i'm like i'm you know i start asking her about you know how do you know god loves you and she says did you know what daddy god loves me more than even you do you know this. There are these holy moments. These holy moments that no man or woman or, or church program can orchestrate on their own. And they're, they're few and they're far between. But when they happen, you know something profound is going on with your child. And you just feel like a lucky fool to be privileged enough to witness it. And this past spring, I had an orange moment as a daddy. When God in his mercy brought together this church in in my very flawed parenting to inspire my little girl to take the next step in her relationship with God and be baptized. I can't describe it, so I'll let you see it.
1: My name is Chase Lucas, I'm seven years old. I decided to be baptized because I believe Jesus was God's son and that He died on the cross to forgive my sins. The Bible says, "If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved." Baptism is a symbol of me being saved. I love God, and I know that He loves me. That's awesome.
2: All right. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Okay, so you remember we were talking just this morning about when Jesus got baptized, what his daddy said to him. He said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. And you're my daughter. I love you so much. So proud of you. Mommy's so proud of you. Grandma and Grandpa, we're proud of you, and we love you, and we're so well pleased with you. But most of all, we're pleased because you love Jesus. And this is your choice. This is your decision. And we can see that love in your heart. You love you, sweet girl. Upon your profession of faith, I can't believe I'm making it through this. <laughs> <laughs> Having placed your trust in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, Chase, we baptize you in the name of your Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. the dream of every parent? Folks, we want that so desperately for every child in our church, for every one of your kids that together as a church partnering with your parenting we want to help your child forever settle the question of where they will spend eternity because we really believe a hundred years from now nothing will be more important in your child's life in their relationship with God. Nothing. But let, let, me, let me take off my pastor hat for a minute here. Okay, I, I am, most of you know me as a minister. I am so much more than a minister. First and foremost, I'm a daddy. I just want you to hear my heart on this. Nothing else matters. Nothing matters. In, in the light of eternity, only the love of Jesus Christ in a child's life will last forever. Not, their, not their, their, their place in school, not their ranking in sports, not if they have good friends or graduate with honors, but have they grasped saving faith for themselves? H- have we together painted such a compelling picture of the Father's love for them that the question of where they will spend eternity is settled once and for all? That's why I'm pleading with you to think orange this fall. This is about so much more than having a good youth group. It's about your child having a grasp of God in their heart for themselves. Nothing else matters. My question is together, could we do that? Flawed as our individual efforts may be, could we ask God to give us the strength to help your son, my daughter, take their next step spiritually? That's my dream as a daddy. Okay? That's our dream as a church. And we're dreaming in Owen. I hope you will too. This could be an amazing season for your child. It really could. This could be, honestly, the moment they finally understand that God is the only perfect daddy they'll ever have in this world. And for the first time, ask Jesus Christ into their heart. Salvation's a big step, and our leaders are praying for each of your kids by name. Maybe this is the season that, that your son or daughter actually gets baptized. Our fall baptism is on October 10th, 2010. Easy to remember. 10 10 10. If you're 10 years old, you get a pony. No. (laughs) That's not just for kids. If you're an adult and you haven't been baptized, you you don't need to grow up. You need to grow down. Because Jesus says you need the faith of a child to take that step. I can't tell you what that was like as a father. I held Chase in my arms the day that she was born. And I held her in my arms the day she was born again. Nothing else matters. Nothing. We want to partner with you and trust God. God will create more of those orange moments in families all over our church. That's our prayer. And that's our passion this fall. That the power of orange would would bring to life moses's ancient mandate teach them to your children talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up jesus christ in every moment in everything in every one of us in christ amen let's pray together right now father god i'm just struck by how inadequate and flawed my best efforts are to spiritually lead my children and yet god together right now, we say we will not shrink back from our high calling and burning desire to see every babbling baby, every wiggly five-year-old boy, every middle school girl, every one of our high school students be drawn to your son Jesus. That's our desire, God. And so I pray right now that you would unleash more than the power of orange in our church, the power of the Holy Spirit would bind us together for this purpose God, would you help us leverage the time you've given us together, Father, not just the 40 hours, not just the 3,000, but get a hold of all of us and let the light of Christ shine on our kids. Let them sense the love of their Heavenly Father through every adult teacher this fall. I thank you for every small group leader, and most of all, in every mom and dad who will impact them for eternity. Do that by your great love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said together,
1: amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Audio. If this message has touched you, we'd love to know how. Just email Pastor Dave Adamson at churchonline at liquidchurch.com. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com.